0: Everybody, I'm Roxy, and I'm Priska, and we are
1: the, the two, two horny goats. Ah!
2: We're just two horny goats climbing the mountain of life, eating Asian-American stereotypes for breakfast. Twenty
0: twenty-two.
2: Feeling. Uh, how are we all
0: feeling? <laughs> Been the longest
2: two weeks of a
0: year of my life. <laughs> 2022 has already been a year. You know what I mean? I think we're done with it. Is it December? Are we going to like wish this girl out? Like I'm done with her.
2: I remember at the end of the last year, we were just like, hey, the bar is pretty fucking low. You yes. know what I'm saying? Like how bad can the start of the year be?
0: Yes. <laughs> like literally the bar was at ankle height and it's already not clearing it.
2: <laughs> I just think it's funny how like the COVID surges are like the highest it's ever been. Highest,
0: casually, casually, hospitals packed.
2: <laughs> and then the CDC and everybody's just like, who cares? Yeah.
0: Remember around Thanksgiving? we were like haha omicron oh,
2: <laughs> look at us now yeah and then like during december it's like oh my god it's getting really intense maybe we should buckle down and maybe. then now people are just like whatever yeah, whatever
0: <laughs> i mean i feel like people are having omicron catching parties which we do not recommend maybe don't do that but it's just so crazy because it's like everything's so confusing yeah literally biden is like Google it, people. (laughs) If you don't know it, Google it. I'm like, this is how we got into this mess in the first place, because there's like not good sources of information. And depending on where you live and what your search history is, and I know I see you, girl, I see some of the things you're searching. Good for you. Good for you. It's good to keep the pipes clean. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) But depending on all that, like you're going to get different search results. So like Googling it is not like an apt
2: form of advice it's just like we're in the Truman Show version 22 thank you yes but it's good that I have my best friend here as we get friend. into this crazy ass year yes of uh, 2020 version 2.0 and it's not
0: all bad you know, you know something good that happened, Rox? What? I, girl, you know something good that
1: happened. What happened? Well,
0: we got featured on... Oh, yes.
2: <laughs> this is the one good thing
1: I so know. far.
0: So far, one good thing. Um, RIP to a lot of our faves. But other than that, like, we got featured on Character Media's list of, what is it? The 10 Legendary Asian American Podcasts.
2: Yay! Yes. Shout out to Charles Gray. Thank you so much for listening to our pod because we're up there with some fucking giants. You know what I mean? Giants. Yeah. Like our heroes. Like people that we looked up to when we were
0: making this pod. Exactly. And we were like, well, we'll never be them. But we were going to try to, you know, X, Y, Z it. And we were on a list next and then we were super proud. That's
2: super, super cool. And I just think, you know, thank you to all of our listeners for making this possible as well. Because we know that our crew is like tiny and mighty, but like even so with more exposure, you know we're just excited that people want to hear our content super stoked you know like this journey for me and Prisca has been so incredibly special yeah because like what it's almost Two years, almost at this two, point. Yeah, like a year and a half for sure. That's yeah, closer to two years. It's almost yeah. two years. Yeah, in this pandemic, it's been twenty. So it's been twenty years together. It's and been it's great. It's been such an amazing time because, like, it's something I look forward to all the time. Same. You know what I mean? It's yes. my version of self care.
0: It is. It right? is one of, one form of self care where we can speak uninterrupted, yes. o- only by each other. But you know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, we're mind melded. So what I say is what you say, and what you say is what I say.
1: Sandwiches. <laughs> <laughs> Sandwich, exactly.
0: <laughs> But, you know, lists, obviously, it's like they are both meaningless and meaningful. And so we're appreciative of being on this list. And we also feel like, you know, we're going to continue this labor of love no matter what. And Mm -hmm. we love each and every one of our listeners. And it's just like a nice little piece of motivation
2: for us. Yes. So thank you. Thank you to all of you. And thank you, Character Media. Well, Prisca, Mm, quick mm -hmm. question just to get this sort of like off the table. You know what I mean? Yeah. Did you catch the vid?
1: Mm no wow you're like the one
2: person who hasn't gotten it i know
0: literally it's like all those memes of like people dodging like lasers and shit (laughs) i i have not caught the vid however Mm. i did get sick with something um on january 1st a cute start (laughs) to the year um i was it's pretty much been a dry january not because i want to i mean Mm -hmm. i do want to but like literally because i've had the flu What was it like for you? It was gnarly. I was convinced I had the vid. Uh, I was in bed for like five days straight. Couldn't get out of bed. Body aches, chills. Like you know when like you put the blanket on and your skin hurts. Yes. It was like that, and it was like had trouble breathing. I was coughing up a lung. It was so crazy. You probably can hear it in my voice. I'm a little nasally. Mm -hmm. Um, But weirdly, because the holidays were so crazy, getting sick was like the best thing that could (laughs) happen to me. (laughs)
1: <laughs> that's so dark
2: <laughs> wait okay so I'm just yeah it, it feels like you're insinuating that a, a yeah. big part of your holidays were quite stressful it
0: was crazy it's like one of those things where like you know when you have in-laws and you have your parents yeah and and I'm so you know this whole time so fortunate that I have my family that I have people I love that I have people to cook food for that for I have sure. food for that sure. I need to eat you know from people I love yes however absolutely. I feel like, since we did our Thanksgiving episode, I didn't come up for air until January 1st.
2: Yeah, you were basically MIA, you know, you were doing so you were traveling a lot as well, right?
0: Like, I can't even tell you what I did. All I know is like, I was a spinning top for the entire month of December. Oh my god, you know, and it was just crazy. And no time for self care, no, no time for anything really, other than family events, like, you know, and it's, stuff I want to be at. It's stuff I want to be doing, you know, but found myself on New Year's Eve, like barely made it to midnight and woke up on New Year's Day, like with basically just a fever and like not
2: feeling well. And the craziest part is that you're like, that is when I can have my peace if I'm blackout sick. Yeah. Cause I have to be away from everyone. Question. When you used to have the flu before, was it as bad as this? Do you remember it being as bad as this? I feel like,
0: I feel like Maybe it's not worse, but it takes longer for me to heal. You Mm. know what I mean? And that's when I'm like, I'm fully entrenched in my mid thirties because it used to be like, you know, like we took a day off work or two Mm -hmm. days off work and like that was it. But this was like a full on... Two-week extravaganza, you know?
2: Yeah, I had, like, a fucking cold. Yeah. And I was in bed for 10 days. Insane. And you take such good care of yourself. Yeah, I think that also because of coronavirus, we were inside most of the time for two years. Uh, And then so we didn't really—we were very mindful of getting infected by anything. Right. So when we got infected by something, like, it completely knocked me off my ass. Obliterated. And I just thought—I just remembered feeling Prisca because I also got sick in December as well. And— um. My biggest takeaway was shit, my brain fog is real bad. Ooh. Like, I couldn't even stay on the phone with someone for more than five minutes, oh my you know? Because I can't, I start to zone out or I start to, you know what I yeah. mean? And that's like, that's like something that I hate. Like, you know, I know I talked, that we talked about our drinking addictions in yeah. the past before, and I said, nowadays, I dread my hangover because there's nothing I hate more than not being able to think clearly or be present with someone. And so like all the hacking, all the mucusy stuff, all the whatever, whatever, it's fine. But for me, it's like to not be able to be conscious, you know, that's like I just don't want to feel that way ever again. If you
0: were to give a color and an image to your brain fog, like what would it be?
2: Really, 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 really... I mean, fog is probably, like, gray, dark gray, mm, right? Like, mm-hmm. very cloudy. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say it's impenetrable. Mm, interesting. Wow. Because fog is nice and, like, overcast sure. is nice. Yeah. But, like... I, I feel very frustrated when I can't read something or I start to lose focus, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, that's, like, the one thing I don't want to lose because it makes me feel like I'm losing my clarity. Right. And, and as yeah.
0: Capricorns, we're very high achieving. And when you feel like you're, like, in a Teflon bowl and you can't climb out of it, it's very frustrating.
2: That being said, real quick, yeah. happy belated birthday. Oh, thank you. And also, real quick, happy
0: belated birthday. <laughs> 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 it was Capricorn season. <laughs>
2: friska's birthday was December twenty-seventh. Yes. And mine was January tenth. So um So
0: many good numbers in your birthday. One one oh eight eight Oh, come on. Yeah, That's yeah. like a good fucking birthday number.
2: <laughs> trying to manifest a quadrillion dollars, a which we'll get yeah. into no, later Easy.
0: Today. Easy. <laughs> so how was your holiday season? Because I just told you I was a chicken with my head cut off. <laughs>
2: It, what what was your life? It's so like? funny because your advice to me during the holiday season was <laughs> the exact opposite yeah. of what happened I literally to you.
0: texted you every day, rest
2: yeah. bitch! <laughs> yeah you did! <laughs> that was so annoying. Before like we went into the holidays I was talking to Priska and, <laughs> and I was like I have all these goals that I want to do. Like A, B and C yeah. because I feel like I need to catch up on a lot of stuff and Priska's like rest bitch. Like <laughs> fucking just, sh- just shut up and <laughs> shut off and just like I'm gonna tell you that every day. I'm like yeah I'm <laughs> right. But then I really took her advice to heart i really took your advice to heart because i literally thought about you telling me that every single Ah. morning and Mm. i allowed myself to wow and you know my partner had covid ja had covid oh shit with his whole family and so i couldn't see him for the christmas week Mm. which which was disappointing at first but you know as long as everybody turned out okay it was fine yeah and then i'm so used to spending the holidays alone you know like back in my earlier years And it felt really nice. Like, I'm not saying it in any sad way at all. I know that we talked about it briefly um, in our last episode when we – said to wish everybody happy holidays, but I genuinely meant it because I know that I'm not the only one who goes through it. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah. and it was a really amazing time for me to sit with myself and reflect and also do my vision casting, wow. which we're going to talk about today right. and, um, really shift whatever yucky energy mm. I have retained with me for 2021 Whoa. and filter it out. And clean it. Wow. So that I could reset for 2022. What were some things that came up? Um, A lot of it was, I had a really rough 2021, as you know, and as some of you may know. um, Realizing that a lot of the energy that I was carrying with me were not mine. Mm. They're not mine. They don't come from me. It's stuff
0: you picked up along the way. Or Ah. that
2: that I felt was getting targeted towards me that I just somehow enmeshed. Whoa. into my narrative and yeah. into my being but then um i did a really amazing akashic records reading yeah um which i'm going to talk about a little bit further as we go into topic one but it really helped me root myself mm. in what is mine and what is not mm. and how to send it back but send it back with love you know yeah. so everything's sort of like energy clearing especially as we invite and attract right And what we want to bring into our present. Yes. So a lot of people feel like intention setting is like so stupid, you know, like it's just putting a wish list out there. It's actually not. It's
0: not. Right. Yeah. You're like
2: actually inviting things that you want to come into your present because the past and future actually don't really exist. Like the only thing that's real is like right now. And
0: I think talking about this today, Mm -hmm. we're really going to see the balance of why Roxy and I we come from such different places yeah. and I think we're gonna go to a very woo-woo place with Roxy yes. and then we're gonna have me which is just like well these are some practical things because like <laughs> I'm not you know what I mean like I'm learning from Roxy along the way and it's also so interesting to hear about both of our holiday experiences because it's literally from polar opposite extreme yes. places you know So y'all like share with us how your holidays were. We want to hear about what you learned from 2021. I know we're like a month into the new year, but honestly, I'm still processing 2020. So (laughs) like I'm in no rush to be done. So send us, you know where to, you know where to send it to. You can send any voice notes or messages to hello at (laughs) twohornygoats.com. we're so good at that. Um, And so I'm so excited to dive into topic one, because I feel like I have so much to learn from you, Roxy. Um, Because you are so I think you were the first person I knew when we were in our mid 20s to be like, I'm setting goals and intentions for the year. And the only thing I'd ever heard about was like, what's your five year plan? Like, that's what we would talk about a lot in college, you know, Mm -hmm. but you were like, No, I'm gonna set my intentions and my goals for the upcoming year. And I never under it but I, I respected it so much so that's our first topic today In, intention setting what does it even mean Roxy <laughs> take it away talk to me well talk me through this
2: you actually had you know it's so interesting when you talk about spirituality right because yeah. I'm coming from that woo-woo space of yes. like your own religion or and then you yeah. came up from you know being a pastor's kid you PK, know yeah yeah and and so it's like very different though because for me it's about like trying to um use and harness energy yeah. and like connecting with yourself yes. and like loving yourself in a way that you can invite whatever it is that you desire into your life right and uh, I wasn't always like this obviously you know <laughs> You know like but i came to realize for example yeah like this whole character media's acknowledgement right yeah. which is such a huge honor yeah we weren't like we did it's not like we asked for that no. or like we were like hey, putting that on our vision board yeah all of it comes back to intentionality right right so for example it's like um when you say i want to make an x amount of dollars mm-hmm. or setting a very material goal for yourself mm-hmm. right i invite you to ask yourself, what is the intention behind Mm -hmm. that goal, right? Because the saying, making a certain amount of money or like getting an Oscar, that's still sort of like surface level material, Mm -hmm. right? But it's like, but what is the reason and the intention behind it? So another thing is that I've been coming on to my tarot practice Mm -hmm. about four years now. So it grew a lot. And a lot of my clients come... Um, during this season, which is the new year season and like the end of the year season, Mm -hmm. you know, during the holidays, because everyone wants to focus on intention setting. Interesting. Yeah. So everyone's like, I don't know what I should focus on. Right. Mm -hmm. And I want to focus on this, but Mm -hmm. I don't know how I should do it. So my job has become very much about how to apply practical or metaphysical rituals in order to invite that energy into your life. And what does that energy feel like? What does it look like? Can you tell me a
0: little bit more about that?
2: Yeah absolutely like look i'm not a master i mean i i know you know it's like i give advice based on what i'm connecting with but i'm not a master in ruling my own life you know like i'm still fucking up that's real talk that's fucking real talk because i was talking to priscilla earlier Mm -hmm. today about um you know my struggle with money Mm -hmm. and during the last part of last year after i stopped um shooting for these bigger projects i started to feel a real panic Mm -hmm. and it was back to 20-year-old Roxy, 25-year-old Roxy just like scrambling Mm -hmm. after this crazy weird thing i don't understand which is finance right 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 just always chasing it always chasing it mm-hmm. and i'm like it's an elusive thing i am a slave to mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. like it will determine my value rather yeah. than i determine its value of itself so going to this akashic records reading with aya hiya hey. aya, um you know because i need to be i need to have a check-in once in a while too. right and
0: sorry what's akashic reading just so oh, yeah, i know yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry sorry, no good always interrupt yeah um, so akashic records is like a different type of psychic reading.
0: Got it. So you
2: could do tarot readings. You could do clairvoyant readings. You could do any any type of psychic reading you want. Got it. Akashic Records is very interesting because it talks about your soul's blueprint.
0: Whoa. Soul's blueprint. The okay. history
2: of your soul
0: holy shit so like through reincarnation and whatnot. Mm-hmm. oh mm-hmm. shit mm-hmm. okay oh fuck yes I'm and then so you curious have, yeah
2: and I'm still learning about this but yeah. basically um, I have a, a psychic reader who does Akashic records and so she did a prayer to open up my records
0: okay and so it was
2: really beautiful we did like a meditation beforehand she did a prayer asking for the masters to be present yeah. and then asking for my records to so be open so it's really sacred extremely sacred and then at the end of the session she asked me can we close records mm. now and then we used a prayer to close it
0: got it so it's
2: it's very beautiful because sort of the 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 images that come to her when i ask questions are yeah. like given by the masters right so it's just been very interesting anyways i would go into that but like i guess one aspect of it was i was struggling with money and that was yeah. like the, my biggest thing at the forefront was giving me a lot of anxiety at the yeah. end of the year and then i was like i keep seeing these emperor penguins Interesting. I'm, like, I'm like what like what do emperor penguins have to do with money yeah <laughs> and then she said no you have a great love in your life like someone who loves you very much like in a partnership Aww. right and right now i'm just dating jaw right so yeah. he's the only person that came to mind and then um she said this person loves you in a way that you've never been loved romantically before whoa and i'm like yes <laughs> And then um, she says, so you feel very safe in this connection, right? Mm -hmm. And I said, uh, yeah, like, I I feel very good. We have a very good relationship. It's very healthy. It's very grounded. It's very Mm -hmm. stable. She goes, the way you do anything is the way you do everything. She's Mm -hmm. like, it's not any different with money. So you need to see your relationship with money like the same way you see with your romantic partner. And that completely. Whoa blew my mind shit and then i was like holy fuck like then i felt a shift i don't know if you feel these breakthroughs within your body yeah and then suddenly i was like i felt something drop in my stomach because it was like a revelation because it's not something so unfamiliar or mysterious anymore i said oh shit in love i have learned to receive yeah why can't I receive right. with money? Yeah. Why do I feel like I need to chase it or give it or like yeah. chase after someone who wants to just ghost me? You know, right. like that's not what it is. Yeah. No, I attract.
0: Interesting. I'm going to
2: allow them to show me, you know, wow. love and, and spoil me. Right. Right? So you
0: use these tools that mm-hmm. you've kind of amassed over the years yeah. to, to utilize in your love matches, mm-hmm. but you actually have the same tools that you need for money, to approach yes. money. That's crazy.
2: What do you think about that?
0: That is blowing my mind. <laughs> um, I think even you just saying like, I think even almost having like a nurturing relationship with money is so mind boggling to me because I feel like my relationship with money is always so antagonistic.
1: Uh-huh. You
0: know, it's always from a place of lack. It's always from a place of begging Um, And also like feeling undeserved. Like, you know, I feel like if I'm overpaid for something, like the amount of guilt that I feel is intense, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think that's like a fucking big kind of realization. How's that changed the way you want to approach money in
2: 2022? See, it's already different. So so (laughs) at the end of the year, I was already in my intention setting practice, which meant I was getting rid of a lot of that energy that wasn't mine and mm-hmm. filtering it out and putting it away and recalibrating my energy to yeah. start off 2022 right with like a lot of energy optimism and excitement yeah. right and then i was also doing money attracting rituals Whoa. so then i i you know i was lighting candles i was doing my spells i was anointing myself with oils mixed in with herbs that wow. attract money Shit. i was talking to gaia you know oh, and I was, I was talking to everybody and yeah. i just thought this this is a lot you yeah. know i'm like i don't no, see that's the thing though is I, I was already doubting myself which in practice you shouldn't be right right you're just like i deserve this this money i deserve it i feel safe mm-hmm. if i earn more than what i'm used to mm. and then when the new year came along
1: mm-hmm.
2: i ramped up my prices mm-hmm. for my tarot card readings significantly due to the inflation yeah i fought that little voice that said you can't do this.
0: Right. That's fucking brave rocks.
2: Yeah. And you might lose people. Again, there's that nasty ass thing. Right. Yeah. But then my higher self was saying, no, this is so that you can live. Right. The way that you desire. Yeah. in um, the way that you want. And then I had like a huge job offer it came up super suddenly wow. within the first week. Yeah, What like um, which is more money than I usually get paid yeah. in general. So all of these things just started, and, and then there were these consulting jobs that came up. Like all these random things Shit. just came at me. Yeah, and then they're like, we want to pay you for this, or we want to get, and then like a residuals licensing check came in, and all of this money wow. just sort of came in like within this first week and a half of the year. That's so insane. And then once it did. I was examining how I would react Mm -hmm. and for me it was like, was it shock or was it like, oh my God, like amazement because it's been so stagnant the past couple months. But then I just thought, oh no, this is normal wow because you had been prepping yourself exactly i should be accepting this right this is normal wow oh yeah i'll just take my time on that invoice because it's no rush yeah wow it's already starting to feel different totally
0: you're not chasing it anymore you're like you're appreciating it yeah but it's you're from a
2: grounded place you're not unhinged i mean how do you do your intention settings
0: um you know i i i think that I definitely like hearing you do all these like rituals and these like very, very intentional things. It's like, it's, it's, inspiring and mind-opening to me because those are not necessarily things that I do. I'm actually really bad at setting intentions for the new year. However, um, over the past two years, um, I have this small cohort of people. It's three of us all together. And we've been Mm. meeting at the top of every year and we make a vision board and Mm. we share it with each other.
2: Beautiful.
0: Yeah. And so year one, you know, I'm pretty unpracticed. Like I've been friends with you. I've seen you do it. I just I think after leaving the church, I've always been a little bit afraid about being too ritualistic about things. Right. Um, that's something I'm also working on because rituals are beautiful and but I unsheathed myself from so many of them that were no longer serving me, like you were saying. Right. Um, but I haven't like necessarily made the time to set new ones for myself and for Abe and I as like a family unit, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and so that's something I'm getting better at. Um, so anyhow, my first vision board was literally like on Photoshop. I just threw a bunch of photos together. It was pretty messy. It was just whatever. And like, as I shared, I was like, I guess I don't really know what I want or what I'm doing, but these are some things that came to me. They could not have been more generous and kind receiving that, but I noticed on their vision boards, they were categorized, like, by, like, say, like, mon, mind, body, soul, love. Like, you know, um, they had actual numbers on there. Like, let's say some X amount of salary for right, the year. And, right. and the people in this cohort, they're also kind of freelancer, like, doing kind of odd jobs, too. Like, similar to me. Right. Um And it was cool to see because we reviewed these vision boards every quarter of this year.
1: Wow. And we
0: talked about it. So every quarter we'd either meet on Zoom or in person, um, depending on how COVID was. And we would talk about it. And like, they would be like, I'm about to hit this goal. I'm getting close to this one. This one I'm not hitting, but I'm okay with it because this has changed X, Y, Z. And for me, I was like, wow, mine was way too general. Like I didn't put like... And I'm not trying to
2: chastise myself. What did you? What did you put? I didn't
0: have words. I just had like things like we want to build out the studio. We build out the studio, so okay. we did that. And I was like, I want to do more like like um, songwriting and 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 podcasting all of which we did um that's all stuff you're already doing you're
2: already doing that
0: right but like at the time because we just moved here so it was like a lot of like visualizing the space and Mm. visualizing what I wanted but so um seeing a lot of their things come to fruition like hitting that like one of my friends um they hit their um their salary goal by August of last year yeah and it was like I think more so than like, I think obviously there's the woo-woo side, which I'm like not familiar with, but in awe of watching mm-hmm. it on you. Mm-hmm. But for me, I think what clicked with for me was like this practical side of like aligning yourself in terms of like if you are in alignment with what you want, then no matter what, like even if you lose course or lose sight, you can always like realign where you are it's kind of i just watched howl's moving castle last night it's kind of like that ring she wears that points her in the direction of howl so like for me intention setting is a bit like that like aside from the energies which i know is so important but just from a practical standpoint it's like it gives you something to always move towards you know and um i think the more specific they were the more I don't know. I think the more they could really accept their wins yes. too, you know? Because when, if, maybe if we didn't set a goal and they hit whatever salary um, cap at whatever point, um, it'd be like, cool, I hit it, whatever. Move on. But because we knew that was a goal that seemed almost unattainable at the top of the year, it was so, like, well-deserved win. You know what I mean? It was so great to celebrate that win. And so um, I, I find it really useful. It's
2: yeah. like uh, you you have a magnet, and you're just getting closer and closer. You're honing yes. in closer and closer to the point. And you pick you just said something that is so important. Uh-huh. And you were talking about specificity. Ah. Because the thing is that, like, the hardest thing to do about these vision boards is actually believing it right like we have such imposter syndrome true we are so used to accepting the bare minimum and giving 500 for sure you know yeah and so it's hard to unlearn that and recalibrate yourself into believing that you are safe with whatever it is that you're aligning yourself with right so
0: true and like yeah I think specificity is so key because it's not just like I want to collaborate with people name the people right it's not just like i want to let's say grow my social media following name the number exactly it's not like i want this amount in the bank name the number
2: absolutely visualize it. Visualize, visualize it visualize it visualize like logging on to your bank account and seeing three hundred thousand yeah. dollars like in your ah, bank account you know I, what i'm I know. it's hard yeah it's like, and being like okay i feel safe with that mm-hmm. like i don't feel like there's any reason like i'm not attaching anything negative yeah. to that
0: and like you you know i i think one thing that you're very key on it's not just asking for things it's not just like i want you know a bb gun for christmas it's not Mm -hmm, that mm -hmm. it's just it's just setting an alignment for yourself and preparing yourself for things that could come that will be success you know
2: absolutely like i think that we manifested a lot of things into our life without really noticing it like what do you mean? For example, I definitely manifested my partner.
1: <gasps> wow. So so
2: you know, yeah. I was thinking about it and I never really realized cuz I just thought, "Oh yeah, we'll just take a slow and casual night. Who knows? Like maybe <laughs> yeah. it'll turn to something. Maybe it doesn't. I'm not attaching anything yeah. to it." But the more I think about it and the deeper our relationship grew, wow. I remembered that I asked very specifically, wow! Or that I wrote very specifically. I was like tall, dark, handsome, check. You know, like yes. it may seem superficial, yes. but it was definitely something that I wanted. And then I said, um, someone who will find me irresistibly sexually attractive, like no matter what, wow! Like always, 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 always turned on by me. Whew. Happened, right? Yeah, and literally then I said,
0: cannot <laughs> stop touching you. Yes, <laughs> you know, and I just yeah. says
2: loves me unconditionally, wow. no matter. It seems like such a crazy ask. Yes. You know, because you're just like, I don't, I've never had it. So it's hard for me to believe it. Right. And then it happened. right? Right. And then I just thought in my head at that time that this was so impossible that if it did happen, I would have to sacrifice myself a certain way or still have some of these bad patterns, yeah. codependent patterns. But no, obviously it didn't turn out the way exactly that I imagined into, yeah. but it was everything I asked for. That's you so know? crazy. And yeah. to
0: kind of align that back to what you were saying, um, it's like that with money, it's like with money, it's like, you know, for myself, like I've been poor for so long, yeah. uh, and always on the brink, and always right. taking on small gigs, and ver- getting very deterred when people say I'm asking for too much money, and then I kowtow to them, um, you know. And I feel that even you saying like I asked for things about this relationship, and it seems so impossible, and now it's like that's your everyday life. Yeah, I feel that I need to change my relationship with money as well, like. In that same
2: way. Me too. It's crazy. It's something that I'm working on right now. Yeah. And it's like, you know, going back to the whole thing just really quickly about the character media article, it's like you and I didn't start off this podcast saying we want to get recognized and be famous our intention was x y and z right and then because our intention was pure Mm -hmm. it led to the manifestation Mm -hmm. of it Mm -hmm. you know what i'm Mm -hmm. saying so again self-care comes back to intention settings intentional choices for yourself yeah you know like why are you chasing after this crazy job that's gonna kill you yeah what is your intention behind why do you want to make lots of money right what is your intention behind that yeah
0: yeah you know, yeah definitely and it's it's also crazy because i think It's easy for us to be like, oh, well, like, I don't want to just like stroke my ego, like set up things that are like ego driven or vanity driven and whatnot. So I think what you're saying about it being about intention and less so about the Things that you're asking for is so important because it's like, yeah, I don't want just a lot of fucking money to fucking do whatever I want, but I want to be able to have money so I can invest in things I believe in and like donate to things I believe in and like build out this podcast because I believe in it. Like, you know, it's like all these things that we want for ourselves um, it's so important to kind of lay that out so that we can be accountable to ourselves and each other.
2: Absolutely. And I love this thing that you do with your cohorts regarding mm-hmm. this vision boarding because if you touch base every quarter, you yeah. are keeping each other accountable. Totally. They know your goals. Yes. You know, it's not just, it's so easy to make New Year's resolutions. Yeah. Like I want to lose weight. Yeah. Why do you want to lose weight? Right. For my health. Okay, great. That's a really good intentional reason. Right. But then another thing is that like, how do you put it into practice? How do you put it into practice? Yes. How do you put it into practice? Yes.
0: I think that's, I think that's the next thing we want to talk about too is like practical ways to do this. Right. Like practical ways to set your intentions. But for one thing for me, I think like, like talking, speaking of accountability, um, one of my friends is so good at taking advice and taking criticism and and immediately implementing it and so I think something that was really inspiring to me was like it takes me a really long time even if I'm open to it it just takes me a really long time to implement things but um we gave this person some advice or thoughts or whatnot within a week she had already set things in motion to like change this, alter that, change the structure of this and like updated us at every turn. And weirdly that encouraged me, not I'm like, both that I was super proud of them, but also that I was like, oh, I better get on my shit too. You know what I mean? So that was like a very practical way of us being accountable for each other and like inspiring one another.
2: I mean, she sounds like a real fire starter in terms yeah. of like her action taking, but then again, energy is contagious, yes. right? So it's good that for you, like there's this group because then yes. you're just like, I feel influenced by their energy and I totally. feel good about it. It's yeah. not like something icky. You and know? it doesn't
0: have to be something lonely. That's what's great. Like I'd never done this intentionally with a group of people before right and um I think the beauty of it is watching each other grow and then also like if I'm struggling I feel like I really do have people I can share with
2: yeah and and they are
0: like never hesitate to ask for our support and they are some of the most talented people that I know Mm -hmm. and the fact that they're open to that and I because I'm so open for Like, for that, for them, I have to believe and trust that they're open to that for me, you know? Yeah. Otherwise, like, it's like, what? Then do I think I'm, uh, like, a better person than they are? No. Like, we're equally good to each other. And so I have to learn to accept that and accept the help and the support and also, like, give the help
2: and the support where I can, you know? Absolutely. Everybody moves at their own pace, right? Yes. And so I think the key in this is consistency. Ah. Like, it doesn't, you know. The C word that I love. (laughs) I love I love we just love consistency oh yes Uh, it's a Capricorn (laughs) thing it's a Capricorn thing for sure but that's also what what makes us great workers you know because we love and and also I just wanted to touch um, on a little bit of what you talked about before how you said like rituals are like a foreign thing to you but they're really not yeah rituals are routines Got you. You Love a routine. Love a routine. So I say my morning ritual. Like, gotta have my coffee in the morning. Gotta do some stretches in the morning. Mm -hmm. You know, gotta make... So you have to ground yourself. So, like, some people... Like, I thrive Mm -hmm. a lot better on my own. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't like people watching over my back because I'm just like, (laughs) I can keep myself accountable. You know what I mean? Um, But so, like, for me, it's like with journaling. Do you journal? I do.
0: Yeah, I love journaling.
2: How long have you been doing it?
0: Um, You know, I think, like, when I... uh, It's sad. When I was single, I would journal literally all the time, Mm. like all the time because I had just so many fucking feelings. Yeah. But now it's like, I'm at a pretty regular, like at least once every few days clip. Yeah. Good. And that's like the best place for me to mine for... Um, either podcast topics topics or songwriting
2: topics you know so Mm -hmm. yeah how about you I started journaling more mindfully Mm -hmm. uh, about a month ago (gasps) so so yeah I mean I used to I mean I have a journal for like planning and ideas but that's not really journaling you know like I really treat this as oh like morning pages Mm -hmm. like uh I just open it and then my 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 hand and my pen just move Mm -hmm. and then suddenly I realize that I hone in on one specific thing every day mm. and then I start to just elaborate on it mm. and it's crazy because like before I'll be like, Oh, what is there to really journal journal about? Why do I need to see a therapist? <laughs> like, what am I going to talk about? Yeah. Life seems fine. Yeah. And then I, it's only for like five minutes a day. I just Shit. let my, my hand go and I'm like oh fuck like I I naturally start to ground myself in something and then I start to reassure myself like within those pages and then it just makes me feel so different and like it's something to look forward to if I don't get it done in the morning you know and like embracing my whole piece in the chaos sort of deal because you know life gets shifted around every single day so at least you have something that grounds you. That's amazing. It's really great and so I'm like learning a lot already and I'm already again. talking about this shift that i'm feeling inside my body um another thing about like practicality in Mm -hmm. terms of like your intention setting and like connecting with yourself grounding practices are really Mm -hmm. great because we live in a very mind-driven society oh yeah especially if you're like you know, in LA or New York or every place or, or city. On Twitter. Yeah. You're just like, you're in your heads and we, we're yeah. in our fucking monkey brains. Mm-hmm. So, grounding exercises are anything that takes you back to your body. Mm. That's why walking for your mental health is good. It's mm-hmm. very
0: good. Some yoga.
2: Yoga is good. Yeah. Um, sex without thinking about the internet is yes, good. That's
0: great. You know? Love some sex for sure. Yeah.
2: Or like just turn off your phone and masturbate. You that's know, that's also
0: wonderful. Be wonderful. Yeah,
2: yeah. In touch with your sensuality you want to feel what your body is feeling. Right. And that requires some time to get into. And I noticed that you've even
0: been practicing things like mindful eating. Yes.
2: Right? And so tell I us about love that. It. Okay, how many of you raise your hands? <laughs> It's me. Um, <laughs> I do. I watch TV for every meal. Yes. Yeah. You, you just naturally. TV dinners naturally, was coined
0: by me. <laughs> you, you
2: have your utensil in your right hand. You mm-hmm. have your scroller on, on your left, mm-hmm. or you go out to eat somewhere and that's your pose. You know, mm-hmm. you're just like eating it or, and then sometimes you switch out your chopsticks for like a drink, mm-hmm. but your eyes are glued somewhere. Yeah. Right. And so mindful eating is so great because it just takes you back to your relationship with food. Mm. You know, like you turn everything off and nowadays I relish it. I'm like, mm-hmm. breakfast, I make breakfast, nothing is on. I have my coffee, I sit there and I eat my food. And and then if a thought comes in, I'm like, I'll leave it for later. Like it's powerful shit.
0: Wow. And then it makes you appreciate your food. You could taste it. You can taste it. Yeah. And you're not shoveling in food mindlessly. And so goatees, I think what we're learning here is that the most exciting journey you will ever take in your life is the journey inward. And the journey inward is what's going to help Um, you know, kind of create and define your externalized existence as well. So take some time to center yourself, to ground yourself, to travel inward. Don't be afraid of it. It's a deep, dark, winding maze, but it's worth treading.
2: Going off of that, Mm -hmm. I I realized that what we're talking about might sound very complicated mm. or still very foreign to mm. some people. I've had a client who was in her 60s mm. and she came to me for a reading through word of mouth. I don't know if I told you about this. No. And then she said, hi, Roxy. She's a very sweet woman. And um, I said, hi, it's so nice to meet you. What can I do for you today? And she says, I actually don't know why I'm here. Mm. Right. And then she goes, I actually don't know who I am Mm. and that's totally fine Mm -hmm. and then all I could feel like in that moment was oh lord Mm -hmm. I was like this woman has a long journey ahead of her you know what I'm saying because we've been doing this for a while now and it still feels like we're just at the beginning for sure and um but she was very determined to she was like yes like I just want to get to know myself a little Mm -hmm. bit deeper and I was like how how long have you been avoiding like feeling the dark parts of yourself and she goes I don't I want to focus on the positive Mm. you know what I'm saying Mm -hmm. and I said oh but you can't we carry our shadow everywhere with Mm -hmm. us though yeah right so so going inwards is I know it sounds like if you were to tell me this like 10 years ago Mm -hmm. you're like what the fuck
0: yeah (laughs) Like, do I just read more
2: horoscopes? Like, yeah, I, don't I, was get just, it. I was like, "Why do you sound so crazy?" Yeah, you know what I mean? yeah for sure. So, um, you know, let us know how we're doing in this topic because, mm-hmm. you know, obviously Priska and I, you know, dive very deeply into mm-hmm. this, and we are both practices of our own rituals and mm-hmm. our own, you know, inward journeys. But um, yeah, just to know that it's okay if you don't know yeah. that. Yeah. Um, and there's always practical steps that you could do that by booking a session with me. Yes, <laughs> book a <laughs> session with Sun, Sun Queen, Queen Tara. Tara. Oh,
0: and you know I think the last thing we'll kind of say about it before mm-hmm. um, moving on I think what Roxy said was so important because the questions and the doubts that you have are probably more helpful to people than you realize
2: absolutely and
0: that's like what we realized during this pod because fuck if we know anything about fuck all like you know but I think the fact that we try and be honest about what we don't know and mm-hmm. as much as we can share what we've gleaned and what we've learned um That's the only like value we can add right now, you know, is just the work that we've been doing, the questions that we have, the doubts that we have, the confusion that we have. So if you have any questions or doubts or confusions, share those with us. We'd love to share them with our listeners because- I bet you the questions and the doubts that you have will help people more than you think.
2: And let us know of any successes with those vision casting boards that you've Ooh, had Yes. or New Year's resolutions. We as love some it. Tag us in your little yes. IG stories. Let us know. Yeah. You know? We're at
0: Two Horny Goats. And where can we, where can they reach us? Rocks, rocks.
2: You could reach us at Two Horny Goats on social meds or hello at twohornygoats.com. <laughs> if you want to write to me mm-hmm. and Prisca mm-hmm. personally. Personally. Write it to us. Write <laughs> it to us all right y'all we're gonna take a little bitty break
0: and and we'll be be right right back back.
2: (laughs) talking about sex is such a taboo thing and it creates more oppression yeah and it oppresses women it oppresses men hi goatees thanks for tuning in
0: last season we did an episode all about virginity if you haven't heard it yet we think it's well worth a listen we have slightly different experiences. For sure. Because you're coming from a place where your friends were like, yeah, we fucked under the bleachers. Right. But you haven't? Yes. I literally would study Cosmo yeah. magazines <laughs> and read them end to end and go on jokes.com and learn dirty jokes because I wanted to like be in the know. We talk about the patriarchal structures around virginity and dive into some pretty personal stuff. Things get... Really intimate.
2: And I was like, fuck, I'm like single and I don't know what it's like to kiss a boy or like, I don't know any of these things. I had to find a way to like rush my timeline. Did you ever feel like people assumed
0: that you would be more sexually experienced?
2: Yes. Like my breasts have developed into this since I was 13. I've always been very voluptuous. Yeah. I have to be honest. I wanted to lose my virginity, but at the same time, I was scared of the pain. We also talk
0: about double standards when it comes to virginity and how that can be damaging as well. And in fact, like, you know, when they hit a certain age, they have older men mentors being like, let me just get you a girl so that you can get it out of the way which is so sad because like that fumbling and discovery and confusion and all that is is intimacy building it's our most listened to episode today so head to two slash episode slash virginity to listen now or find the episode on spotify and
2: itunes our mothers only had had one person their whole life you know what i mean so only one person has
0: entered the chamber exactly and so
2: that's their Mm -hmm. that's their story Mm -hmm. and that's that's what they know so obviously that's what they think that will
0: bring happiness fulfillment joy completion okay now back to the show
2: Welcome back to our horny goats.
0: That was quite a ride. (laughs) Uh, Did you learn a lot? I learned a lot. Yeah, I learned learned a lot lot from you too. About a past episode. Um, (laughs) Yeah, no, I learned a lot. I think um, the spiritual side that you always bring to this is really refreshing because I only understand spirituality in a very myopic way. Mm -hmm. And so my whole friendship with you has been opening and pushing and and like pushing against the walls of you know and so I always appreciate that
2: no I think that you and I continue to expand each other and challenge each other you know what I mean and that being said like this next topic that we're going to be talking about I mean if y'all didn't notice like Prisca uses huge vocabulary words on her day (laughs) she's been using this word called lion eyes (laughs) today and I'm just like what is so this just goes to show that she reads a whole fucking um, time. It's my word of a week. Toilet paper. No I'm kidding. <laughs> so she's lionized at least five times. and I, I had know. to be like at, not act stupid and like had to Google like Google the dictionary word for it. And I'm like, oh, it means like a public public. What is it?
0: <laughs> it means to like make someone a celebrity, right. Or like to to really like promote somebody or to like, idolize. Is it, to, mm-hmm. to lionize exactly exactly <laughs> basically. Um, I think part of my. I'm, I, I think part of my interest in words nowadays is because I had such a struggle with Mm. writing when I was younger. I loved reading, loved reading since I was a kid. Like basically we would go to a restaurant and while we were waiting for food or waiting in line, I'd be reading. Like I wouldn't talk to my family, like fuck them. No, I'm kidding. Love them. (laughs) But I, I would literally like be reading and every day, um, I would go to the, the the library, the school library during lunch because I was bullied on the playground. So being in the library was my kind of little safe haven mm-hmm. where I could learn about things um, and be in my own little world and be unbothered. Right. And so it was very important to me. And after I skipped a grade, I struggled with writing all, in, all the way until college. And um, so I feel that I'm always looking for new words because I feel inferior. Like I feel like I don't have the words. So I'm always like,
2: just, Le- like seeking to learn more. That's so interesting because mm. you're now like a copywriter. You work <laughs> in marketing. Right. You're yeah. a songwriter. I know. You know. After that, um, you won that like writing oh yeah competition in college. You know yeah, what Franco I'm saying? Yeah, Yeah. Yes, and it's it's sort of like this complete turnaround because you're not that person to the people that know you at all.
0: I um yeah. I'm still trying to like fully grasp and understand it, but it it it's hard. It's hard. The the stories that we hold about ourselves last for a lo- very long
2: time. You know, and, and you're talking about like not being able to find the words for something. Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm.
2: Now, does that come from a certain perspective that was lacking in your material growing up? So
0: I think it's it's maybe I'm I can see it being the root of two things. I think being bilingual has its own drawbacks. And the language that we would use at home was very much so mixed. And they also say that when you're bilingual, you um, as a child, you typically speak a little bit later because there's almost like a stop gap in your mind where it, you have too much information mm. and you're trying to sort things out in the world.
2: Like you can't use Chinese proverbs for when you're speaking you know, English. English. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: And so I definitely feel that slowness in my mind, sometimes still, but very much so as a child. Um, and there were a lot of words that people would use colloquially coll- colloquially that we didn't use at home. Um, and so I used reading as a method of learning non-Chinese household ways of speaking you ah. know and and you know tv and movies i think part of my interest in becoming a filmmaker or you know going into um film studies was films were such a great way to study people when you are both othered and as like an a, a chinese person and sheltered like i was from being a christian and like not being exposed to different lifestyles so reading and watching films were my way of learning the world
2: yeah it's a way of traveling beyond what you're able to yeah and also to um escape loneliness for as well. sure
0: yeah and I definitely struggled with a lot of loneliness and so I think yeah I think being of Chinese, uh, being a child of immigrants, and then also being bullied really led me to dive into very imaginary spaces.
2: I see. Mm-hmm. So, we want to focus on a particular <laughs> type of literature. Yes. That you want to focus on growing up in the now.
0: Yes. Tell so, me about
2: that. So, topic two today,
0: we want to just dip our little toe into Asian American literature. Mm-hmm. Um, Roxy and I, neither of us are experts. <laughs> We're not, you yeah, know, yeah, 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 yeah. school people.
2: People. We work and represent the API space, but yeah. also this is a gentle reminder that you don't have to know everything no. about it, and we are not experts. No, you know. <laughs> I feel we want to remind everybody yes. that on every single topic that we talk. I know, about. seriously, like literally, disclaimer: no, we don't know anything. <laughs>
0: However, I would want I, I want to say we've talked about Asian American representation in films, yes. Um, and I did want to just kind of like broach the topic of Asian American literature, yes, because uh, like specifically Asian American, right? Because it's so important in terms of both keeping a record of our identity over time. And it's so educational, um, both modern and um, like historical fiction. Mm -hmm. It's so important for us and future generations to not forget where we came from. Right. And the struggles that led to where we are today. And also the struggles that have been going, ongoing throughout and also the hegemonic biases that can often whitewash our memories. And what I mean by that is, um, you know, white culture is the loudest and, and Caucasian, whatever, culture is the loudest and they have the most literature and they can paint people however they want to. Um, however, when we write our own stories, it, it is, becomes a important historical pinpoint of what was actually happening and a revealing, um, often disturbing account of things that are constantly being whitewashed over.
2: Tell me about that. (laughs) So where do we start?
0: So, okay. I, I wanted to start by asking you, what was the first Asian American book you remember? And this could be Asian American character or Asian American author.
2: So when I was a teenager, or yeah. I was about to be blooming into a teenager, this was still yes. in New Jersey. So I think I was about like 10 or 11. Yeah, And I was an avid reader. Yeah. I loved reading. I loved the library, yeah, just like you. And I still continued that relationship into my teen years. Yeah. Um, and my mom bought me a book. And it just... It just like disturbed me so much that I can't remember the name Shit. as we were like making the notes for this episode yeah. I just remember the the very front cover it was a photo of a woman with a bob it was very stylish in the 1950s she's Chinese and then she has like a very fashionable like sort of bowler hat mm-hmm. and she has but her face is like super um you know it was just very neutral very demure and also there was like a sadness to her story my mom bought me this book because it talked about like a Chinese American woman yeah. about you know her 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 conflict with identifying like where she came from in the country in China and coming to the United States. And she's fairly young, you know, like 17. Right. And my mom thought it would be a good way to sort of like link our experiences for me to yeah. read about it. And I read it, but it still felt disconnected because yeah. at the time, right. you know, like we weren't thinking about this no. stuff. I lived in New Jersey, you know, like we're not aware of yeah. like these social issues. And then the other book that my mom got me was Joyla Club, obviously. Right. Right. Which is great, yeah. but also had, I couldn't connect to it. Weren't relating to it. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And so I also felt like people didn't care about Asian mm-hmm. American people. And I'm like, so why should I care? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, like when you read those novels or like, you know, detective stories those YA yeah. stories there's always someone who's like a white girl at the center of it who has totally. brunette and I'm like okay well I'm sort of brunette like yeah. maybe I could correlate directly with her but the lack of representation just made you feel like oh I'm invisible yeah. and therefore that's all it is well it makes you see in my mind's eye like you're saying in my
0: mind's eye when I'm reading I'm a white girl exactly totally
2: but also the stories that I were reading I'm like this is cool but it's of no interest to me mm-hmm. because I don't feel a connection with Interesting. it it's not
0: (laughs) yaya agrees yaya agrees yaya is very upset about the lack of representation exactly like Uh i'm I'm feeling like
2: what i'm reading now Mm -hmm. resonates more with me but maybe i was also immature i don't know were you reading that kind of literature at that young age no i mean not really and i think i think what
0: we're smart about now is seeking out and we don't settle for not being seen in certain pieces of work right and we recognize when we don't exist in a piece of work you know yes. what i mean and so that's so different from when we were younger we didn't have those tools we didn't have that um we didn't have the the volume of asian-american representation growing up right yeah i'm sure there were talented authors i'm not saying there weren't but they weren't getting the the no, acclaim no, that no they platform deserved. No, no
2: marketing it's no. like there's chang cho in mm-hmm. harry potter
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah cho Cheng.
2: yeah sorry no 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 no
0: you didn't fuck anything up But I think what's interesting as you're saying that, it's making me realize, like, I read a lot of Christian literature. (laughs) I mean, I don't even think you can call it literature. Just, like, Christian writers. Right. And all the characters in Christian fiction are white. All of them. Like, there's not a single non-white character uh, that I remember reading about. And if there was, it was, like, very called out. Like, this person was a Hispanic. Like, you know (laughs) what I mean? It was, like, very white-centered. Like, in fact, Christian Mm. culture in the U.S. is often centered around whiteness you know I mean I think the KKK is like has a lot of them are probably Christians you know what I mean so that that's difficult to um kind of I don't know it's it's difficult to do that mental gymnastics
2: are there Asian Christian literature now to be
0: honest I don't necessarily know I'm sure there's writers but in terms of writing fiction I'm not really in that world anymore so that'd be something interesting
2: to look up because yeah because I'm just thinking about like there's So... Little stories for mm-hmm. us to sink our teeth into yeah. when we were growing up, yeah. And then it's like, don't even talk about like the subcultures or like right. the subcommunities or like the substories that exactly. And you know that specific? No,
0: definitely. And I think, um, so when I was younger, my mom was very obviously policed everything that I did, and so I wasn't allowed to read The Babysitters Club. Babysitters Club. Oh my god! So obviously, <laughs> I would find babysitters clubs. Um, we would go to the library, and they would have this one dollar you could fill up a shopping bag and and it was like books the library didn't want. And so you could fill up a, a shopping bag and for a dollar, you could have all the books in there. I think it later went up to $5, which was like a great deal. And so I would peruse that section and like look ev- look for Babysitter's Club or you know Goosebumps books I wasn't allowed to read one of the ones that I picked up was um centered around Claudia Kishi which I know Phil Yu of Angry Asian Man is like talking about a lot he lionizes Claudia Kishi so I is. think <laughs> he was like trying to make t-shirts and and whatnot but I think that she was definitely an Asian American hero in my life because even though it it was like this very like almost like teen preteen soap opera series you know but basically she and her family were depicted in the books and I think she had a couple books where they a lot of it is from her perspective Mm. one of them her grandmother I think undergoes a stroke I'm just remembering this now, so this is crazy. Your memory is
2: keen, girl. No, no,
0: no. But, like, it it was so impactful because these were, um, I believe she was Japanese American Mm. and um, not so much connected to her heritage, maybe, like, third or fourth gen, which is, like, a lot of my friends at the time. And she was living, her grandmother was living in the house, which is a very... You know what I mean? Specific to Asian American life. Um, I was living with my grandparents, like multigenerational households are huge with, you know, Latino cultures, Asian cultures, like actually most cultures, like <laughs> Caucasian culture. Like, what's, <laughs> what you doing with your grandparents? Come <laughs> on. No, I'm kidding. But like, um, I think that was so impactful to me because I was like, for the first time in my life, I was like. Oh, they're showing them eating rice. They're showing them making like adding furikake to stuff, you know, like all these very specific things. And it kind of opened my eyes very much so. Um, and But honestly, that was like the only piece of Asian American like representation I can clearly remember back when I was young, young. And then when it came to being in high school, I read Snowflower and The Secret Fan, which I think they made like a bad movie or a bad TV series about. But it was basically about... Um, these girls in China, I don't exactly remember like what era, but it was like maybe the 1800s. So it was right before like modernity had hit China. And it was all about like foot binding. It was about these two girls kind of from these like not so great families that were trying to marry up to make sure that they could continue their lineage and whatnot mm-hmm. but the f- entire first third of the book was about foot binding
2: oh my god wait what what audience yeah. was this book written for? i think
0: it was for young adults really yeah i think it was for young adults i mean they're I think there's like one sex scene in it like which I lived for as a Christian kid like <laughs> lived for a sex scene in a book come on like your parents
2: could never like no. look behind your back and see what you're no, reading no my mom
0: would like try to like screen the books I read and like look for sex scenes and like I went to a Christian school where they would black out the sex scenes with Sharpie but that just made you know what pages they were on so if then if you went to another library <laughs> you could check out that book and be like well, cool, 126 two
2: paragraphs down nipples and you- <laughs> <laughs> now is like the, nowadays, you can't hide shit from no, any kid. Like no. the, the 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 internet is literally at their yes. fingertips.
0: But like repression is real, y'all. Like people will find a way. Humans will find a way to get their horn dog on. <laughs> Let me tell you. Like yeah. Oh my god. One pair. Anyway, whatever. <laughs> Cosmo magazine. Thank you for my young masturbatory like you know guidebook. Um. But anyhow, Snowflower and the Secret Fan. It kind of. I think it changed the way I viewed my childhood. It changed the way I thought that maybe people viewed me. Because, mm-hmm. And it also, like, um, I think started my anxiety around, like, if I was born 100 years earlier, this would have been me. Wow. So while I didn't, like, necessarily relate, like, it gave me this touch that, point
2: it's really heavy though yeah it's
0: quite heavy you know yeah and but, her like sister dies from getting stung by a bee spoiler alert but it's been out for like 20 see, years
2: crazy like a lot of these like asian american literatures for like that we yeah. were reading at that young age all had to do with the immigration experience yeah, like right. coming from the old country into yes. the new one but we have lived our lives here
0: here yeah and so it, it, you're right. It, it Like it was very difficult to find a depiction. Maybe they existed. If you know of a book, please let us know. I'd love to
2: read. I it. would love to read from it that too. era, yes. from that era, because like the '90s, from yeah, from yeah. the
0: '80s, '90s, '70s, like all that. Like if you have a good book re- recommendation, please send it because I would love to heal my younger self. You know, yeah. because my younger self was like, wow, being a Chinese person means foot binding, so I better assimilate closer to American ideals.
2: Yeah, and then it's like I'll never be the main character because I'm not white. Yeah,
0: and then like I mean, I'm not. I don't think we need to talk about Memoirs of a Geisha because it was written by a white man. So that, I don't think that pertains to our conversation, but that was a very, like, I read that book as well. And that was a very harmful, like it's, it was like beautiful in a lot of ways, like blah, blah, like from a literature standpoint, but it was like harmful for my view of myself because it was such still that, um, hyper object, like all these things, like you only exist, um, for this one reason and right. only like love can help you escape that or whatever. And it's like, Terrible.
2: Well, that gives another example of the colonization yeah. of like Asian stories, right? You know,
0: definitely. And definitely. it became a
2: bestseller, became a movie, and then yeah. it became you know.
0: But the beautiful thing about Snowflower and the Secret Fan, and you're right, it was an Asian American author, but it was about living in old world China. But the most beautiful thing about it was two Asian American, two Asian women being friends. And it was written in a language that I could understand, so I devoured the book um, because it was something that I saw in my everyday life—friendships around me, not with me. <laughs> <laughs> but it was something like I—I I didn't see depicted in any of the books that I read. Two Asian right. women being friends,
2: right? right and that—that right.
0: that was so mind blowing. Um, so anyhow, I think then it takes us to college, right? And right. then college is like when our interest in my understanding of Asian American people started to grow. Cause we were both, um, I was a social minor, Roxie was a social major. Um, you have to take a lot of Asian American classes. Right. Also so interesting. Um, our friend Karen at Dartmouth, we were talking with them and they don't have an Asian American studies program at Dartmouth. Like an
2: Ivy league school. That's which crazy. and in- insane.
0: Which makes me, I've realized like we take UCI for granted cause- Yeah, no, honestly, like,
2: if it wasn't for, like, our... Majority also being Asian American and being talked about all the time, yeah. Like it would just literally sweep under the rug, yeah. In most situations and most environments, right? Yeah. No, definitely. Okay, so tell me a little bit about like this reading that you've made in college.
0: So uh, yes, I think when I got to college, I had to take humanities core, which was like Human core. I've so never fun. taken that. Yeah, I'm so jealous. <laughs> I can't believe you didn't have to, but it was basically this like very rigorous. Like I didn't understand a fucking thing that was happening. <laughs> um, but they had one of the first books they had us read was Chinamen. And it's by Maxine Hong Kingston. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Um, And it's about old world um, immigration stories. So mostly like to Hawaii, to San Francisco, all those earlier waves of Chinese people. I guess they talked about the Chinese Exclusion Act went right over my head. Um, And and I think they talked a lot about just like how Chinese men were treated um, specifically. And, um, you know, everything from not being able to advocate for themselves in court, um, not being able to, um, you know, obviously be a citizen. Mm -hmm. And I think there was very strict marriage laws in terms of them not being able to marry a white woman, you know, like... They had no
2: no rights. (laughs) No rights.
0: Um, And just how they were treated, how, like, things were set up against them. And you know what's funny? I think I look at that now, if I read it, I'd be like, yeah, that's horrible. But when I was in college reading it, it just bothered me. What do you mean? It bothered me because it confirmed to me how immigrants were perceived. I was almost reading that book from the perspective of a white girl. Because I'd internalized my inner white girl reading years and years and years of literature from a white perspective for so long. That it was like this moment for me that it it made me see myself the way that people might perceive me oh
2: my and it bothered me i see because that
0: was my grandfather that was like my father and i kept trying to i found myself almost defensive wanting to find differences like well we don't speak cantonese so it's like different
2: was that the moment where you're just like holy shit i have internalized like
0: i don't think i like knew that but i i clocked something. Something was changing inside of me. It's like something when you first
2: read, you know, um snowflower. It yeah. was like you ate it up because yeah. you're just like, oh, it's about friendship. And yeah. that was like sort of at the forefront vortex For of sure. like your head and you know and like what you were emphasizing on. But here it's like it's it's triggering you differently.
0: It has to do with my own existence. Aye. I... And that was it was really heavy. And I, I don't even know that I consciously understood any of that, but I remember just being so bothered And defensive. And like, oh, like, because, you know, you and I, we've grown up. You're an only child. I'm the oldest child. I've had to translate for my parents and my grandparents in different settings. I've even had to translate for church people to my sisters on many occasions. To cousins on many occasions. You know, I've been that go-between, that lingual go-between. And this was like proof that other people see that too. It's like
2: living here and being here when you're just first second generation yeah there's automatic shame and embarrassment attached to yes. your experience
0: yeah but and- it's like you feel it and then reading this and it was a beautiful book because it's like about the immigrant experience like you know what i mean but seeing it in in black and white like written in such beautiful language was so upsetting because i was like oh this is like this is so many of us, yeah. and this is so. This pain is so normal. Yeah, and that like it it definitely like stirred something up inside me.
2: Do you think you would have the same reaction if you were to read it again? Now I want to read it again. I think I'm gonna read it too. It sounds yeah, great.
0: it's 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 a collection of like stories and essays. I you love know? that. So I'd probably look at it more analytically because I know who I am now. I'm aware of my existence, of the space that I take up in the world. I can be upset about things while also being like coherent about it. Right. And so I'd love to read it and kind of maybe absorb all the historical things that I probably missed by only focusing on human interest. Yeah.
2: It's definitely evolved and changed, you know, from like the scarcity that we had in terms of our options with Asian American literature. Right. And then like, oh, and then having a more academic sort of view on it from the literature that you're supposed to read in your syllabus. Yeah. and then takes us to now, right? Because nowadays, I'm just so excited to see there's social media, there's so much platform, you know, just there's like a lot of people in the community just like amping up diverse writers and diverse stories. I remembered like... As you all know, I'm like, I was a huge romance fiend, you know, when I was younger, I ate up trashy romance novels like nothing. (laughs) And now I get to see, I get to be as specific as a Vietnamese American girl who has autism falling Mm -hmm. in love with somebody. Like that's how specific our literature and representation gets now. It's so true. It's so great. I'm a little jealous.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Cause can you imagine having that
2: when you were a teen? No.
0: Yeah. But what's so beautiful, and this is what I love about modern Asian American literature, is all these Gen Xers and millennials now um, who didn't have the words, who didn't have the books, who didn't have the characters, they carved out their own space. And I think that is what is so fucking powerful about, I would say, this quote unquote modern wave of Asian American literature, but I'm really talking about like the last 25 years, like, you know, and so I'm so proud of the fact that we've carved, literally gone to this behemoth that is the literary, you know, industry, and we've carved out our own place for ourselves and other people can probably take credit for giving shine to us, but it took the work of creating that which was not there, you know,
2: Mm -hmm. and that is fucking powerful. It's so great because it's sort of like, it's a mesh and also like the big picture of like also entertainment yeah. and, and like photography and artists and yeah. stories being told, movies and TV shows being made. Right. Like Asian Am Lit is like a huge part of it. You know, a oh lot of the inspirations and stories are being told right now in television and film is because of what's written in these books. Yeah.
0: And what it's doing, and I think that the thing about diaspora in general is it disconnects you from your home country, it d- disconnects you from your trauma. Yeah. And like we've talked about, trauma is inherited and so we hold it in our bodies whether we know the source of it or not so take a book like pachinko which was i think minjin lee um and she wrote this beautiful multi-generational story about korean trauma and it was one of the most heartbreaking i love
2: that book so much it
0: destroyed Uh, me yeah
2: it's beautiful now
0: being turned into a tv series yeah and All of those stories are helping Korean Americans who are separated from actual, like, being on the land in Korea. It's helping them reconnect with their trauma. It's helping them... Um, give space for their trauma and also like recognition of the trauma and helping them heal from it. All of
2: all you know? of this, all of this, all of these works are imbued with trauma, like crying with H Mart yeah. and like, you know, minor feelings Seeing and girls, anything by Ocean Vuong. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like all of it is just like I'm like I feel seen. Yes. Like uh, this is my experience. Like I feel it, but then also it's connected to the older generations. Right. You know what I'm saying? It's
0: it's so and even with language, we're separated by language. So which is why Asian American authors are so important for Asian Americans, because it's helping us not only create ourselves, cement our identity, but it's also healing pain and trauma and helping us connect to past generations in a way that we probably would not consciously be able to because we have a lot of parents and grandparents who are not emotionally equipped because of the trauma to speak about
2: it that being said, this connects mm-hmm. to our first topic mm-hmm. about the inward journey, because a lot of these authors wouldn't be able to write this. It, right. was, it wasn't confronting that, you right. know, so all of this just goes down to healing ourselves.
0: Yes. The more we know ourselves, the more like knowing thyself is one of the most important things, right? The more mm-hmm. we do, the more we can write our stories. And then, like we said, all your doubts, all your questions. That's what a lot of these stories are. And also and they're helping people
2: absolutely yeah. and go tease, if you know of any Asian American literature that you think that me and Prisca should be reading and talking about okay Quincy Sarah Smith I can already feel can your feel thumbs it. typing he's, he's, he's already I can I feel it too we have we have homework now <laughs> we, have so, much we homework. have so much homework I'm like we have so much to do Didn't I'm we like just... we're just like I'm just like the start of this year has been so much on both so you and much. me already so <laughs> I'm just like yes we can take it all like Capricorn we're committed. do everything we're committed we're committed we're, we're committed. so committed yeah. so so let us know um you can always email us at hello at, at com and let us know what we should be reading yeah. because obviously what's being amplified right now is still like a key few you yes. know like let us know more authors more specific stories yes. more and we will share it on stories. the show absolutely we'll, we'll put a
0: reading list on our website
2: we'll start a book club we'll
0: start a Two book club <laughs> if you want to read with us yeah recommend us a book um either from your past from your present Or, you know, a cool (laughs) cool author that, you know, is doing cool shit on the horizon, you know? Um, So, yeah.
2: And on that note, it's time for... (laughs) We are so into this today. I know. We are so. We're just
0: like on, it, you know, we've on top just, of each other.
2: We've just been apart for so long, and by apart, I mean like two and a half weeks. <laughs> like, <laughs> it was too long. It was too long. It was too long. And, like our energies were missing each other. Yeah. It's Like, let's just get on top of it's each other and vibing. fucking do this shit. Yes. Yeah. yeah. We are like a we vibe right now. Also, I just want to say that Prisca made me this amazing drink today <laughs> that I can't even describe. Like, it sounds so simple, but Very it's simple. so so good. So she got like a bag of blood oranges from a friend of hers, right? From a friend's tree yes which is always the best thank you marissa oh my god and then you what, what was the honey used in this it again? was a raw honey from bishop california oh were you and your mom had a date um no
0: not that one but oh, um, another vicky and i had a date oh, yeah vicky my and sister you had vicky yeah
2: okay and it's literally just like the juice of the blood orange yeah. hot water and some honey, honey. and mint
0: Oh, oh, the mint L'l'e is what mint. kicked it off. Yeah.
2: It would be a really good, I'm not saying. Cocktail. Obvi- <laughs> yes. I'm like dry January. That's what yes. we're doing. Yeah. I'm drinking very little this month yeah, as well. Yeah. Um, but um, it's like just- with some gin though. I'm just saying. No, a hundred percent. But even yeah. this, like having this in the morning, I feel like it will wake you up just as much as caffeine. Yeah,
0: Totally. Totally, one like, hundred Am I crazy
2: for thinking that? No,
0: I think there's something nourishing. You got your vitamin C. Yeah, like there's no like chemical thing that's going to keep you awake, but that mint kind of gets you like going. Yeah, you know. Yeah, it it will bring it will take away brain fog. It might not like amp you up the way coffee will.
2: But also, it's a I love beautiful it. color because of the blood orange. It's, it's stunning. Like a dark hue, fuchsia pink.
0: Like literally, if your friend has a blood orange tree, or if you have a neighbor that has a blood orange tree, become friends with them
2: because it will be very helpful. It's worth it. Yeah, every January. <laughs> no, seriously okay okay we're talking about us a little bit sorry I just okay. wanted to talk about that maybe that's one of mine Wait, yes <laughs> uh, I love that um
0: mine are Asian American lit that I either have read or started on and would like to recommend uh, I you know have dealt with um, a certain amount of death and loss in my family um so I read cat Chows seeing ghosts mm-hmm. I really I don't even know if I enjoyed it I don't know if it was like an enjoyable book but it was a good read because I don't, I, And I say that because there are a lot of depictions it, like equating the feeling of death to that of um, dead fish. And it was very like viscerally written. There's a lot of great imagery, but it's also like stomach churning in certain ways. It's mm-hmm. almost things, it's like you have that like cool cousin that sees things in ways that you don't see it, but when they say it, you can't unsee it. Yeah, And it almost gave me a metallic taste in my mouth throughout the book. I can't describe Uh, why. mm -hmm. But when she lost her mother very suddenly to cancer and it was like got diagnosed and two weeks later her mom passed. And then her father, like not necessarily connected, but also connected, her father became very interested in taxidermy, um, taxidermy fish. And so, but incomplete wanting to do these DIY projects. So every time she comes over... You know, his place falls into um, different levels of uh, just mess because her mother's no longer there. So it's like the mess is as much an imprint of her mom's absence as it is, you know, anything else. So anyhow, and they go on this like ghost seeking journey, going back to Cuba to try to find the remains of her grandfather who emigrated to Cuba before dying. And so all of this like very interesting intergenerational storytelling offset with these beautiful um, pieces of imagery, both disturbing and haunting and gorgeous at times, made it a really interesting read. Um, Again, I wouldn't say enjoyable. It was very painful to get through because not because the writing was bad. It was good. It was just a difficult story
2: to take. Are there any light-hearted Asian American literature? Um, besides romance stories,
0: I'm sure there are. I none come to mind. None right come to now. mind to I me. Mean, I was just
2: like, is there like a, a romantic um, comedy or just like a comedy that's like <laughs> crazy mutations? Right. Oh, right, but right, 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 right. Oh, that's crazy. That's cu- right. yeah, 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 yeah. I also enjoy Crazy Rich Asians. Oh, yeah, what is your
0: ra- Singaporean second pick? I haven't finished this, but I started this. Was recommended to me by my sister. It's called Pop Song by Larissa Pham, who's of Vietnamese, who's Vietnamese American, and it is just a cool, like a very interesting commentary on art on love on being a modern asian american so i'll probably talk more about it after i finish it but so far i am very much so enjoying it i like the style it's yeah again i feel like all these are like the cool cousin that like i wish i could be
2: no i mean obviously (laughs) prisca is the bookworm out of the two of us Um,
1: (laughs) because like
2: my unsolicited picks have nothing to do with books and i just want to let you know that if you're not as knowledgeable about asian american lit I am in the same boat it's as totally you. Fine. It's totally fine. I barely totally know okay. anything. Like, yeah. Honestly, like, the things that come to my list are the best sellers in our community mm-hmm. and also the ones that are potentially getting made for TV or film. So yes. that's just because of the circle that I'm in. But that's because
0: Roxy is powerful and she's going to no. make... <laughs> some of these things happen she's gonna
2: bring no most of my time i'm just either watching movies or i am doing tarot reading.
0: but that's what a director does you know <laughs> i don't
2: know i don't know i don't know <laughs> uh but just to give uh some of my lighthearted, love
1: it, Let's bring it.
2: so um Prisca, have you ever had kohakuto candies no what? okay i gotta show you some pictures of what this afterwards these? okay so um Kohakuto, I let me know if I'm saying it or probably butchering it. They're these Japanese crystal candies. What? And they look exactly like crystals. And is it then, like rock candy? They're, they look hard on the outside, but they're gelatin on the Shut inside. Shut the fuck up. Yes. And they're all different flavors and they're beautiful. They look like amethyst. They look like with gold stains on the side. It's absolutely gorgeous. Anyways, I started obsessing about these after I keep seeing ads on TikTok for Misaki candies. They're like, five of them is like $50. All oh right? my god. So they look really beautiful. I was like, no way can I afford this. Or I started looking for like the knockoff version, right? Oh my so god. Then, this is a knockoff. But then it turns out that this practice is is called making these Kohakuto candies. Uh And um, and then so I found this seller on Etsy called The Pretty List and she makes the most beautiful Mm. Kohakuto candies and they're about $25 for a small pack of maybe like 8 or 10 but they are Mm. so worth it. They're so beautiful and they're so fragrant. Oh my God. get some and try some she usually includes like one or two extras as like a little gift Cute. and then you could just put them on cakes that you make or like give them as a gift um and uh i've been i keep buying these candies yeah. from her even though i don't have much of a sweet tooth but they're so visually beautiful oh yeah and they're gorgeous and uh they're, it's so enjoyable eating it and uh just try it out see if you like it i highly recommend it again i'm like going on this sort of like um i don't know like sweets and fruit yes. and like sort of you know i'm just being more mindful of like what i enjoy mindful eating mindful eating but also enjoy what you like yes you know yes so so anyways i'm into these kohakuto candies probably post a photo of them on my insta sometime yes because they're just so visually gorgeous and so delicious to eat um my second pick. I don't know if I talked about these grapes before. Have I talked about? These I grapes? mean, maybe. I think I talked. Anyway, <laughs> Shine Muscat grapes. Yes! These forty dollars. Oh Korean my god! Grapes, you know, and then um the she basically had an orgasm. I know. I know. <laughs> I love these grapes. You could get them from eight. Depending on when you could get them, yeah. where you could get them, they Seasonal. range from like thirty five dollars to fifty dollars per pack.
0: Well, with inflation going the way, it's gonna be a hundred. It's bucks, gonna be a hundred dollar
2: but it's so worth it. I know yes. it sounds so stupid, but they have like these. Their skins like crunchy like an apple uh, and the notes are like lychee and peach uh, and there's me. no seed inside because uh, you can't plant um, them oh put your seed in my bush tonight you Ooh, know what i'm saying i will honey <laughs> with these grapes if you know what i'm saying but then like my friend um ralph and marco they yeah. opened up open market which oh, is yeah. the deli in k town yeah they supply these oishi berries no
0: way yeah
2: and these oishi berries are eight for fifty no Cause they do vertical farming no, on these and, and they're emulating these like sort of like Japanese Alps <gasps> type environment. That, Holy shit. Right, right, right. It's like
0: low oxygen. Yes. Oh my
2: God. I don't really know, but you know, <laughs> I, it's, 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 uh, so they emulated and recreated this environment in New York. Holy shit. So then they do this vertical farming for these specific types of berries, strawberries. Um, and then, so it's available all year round because what? they already created that climate, for these berries to thrive but they're very hard to do so it's like that is so sexy i gotta tell you about these berries yeah so not only is it <laughs> Sorry, so roxy sexy. starting
0: a tiktok about berries <laughs> and it's called just berries <laughs> it's just berry talks day just, one just, to day 274 just, berry.
2: <laughs> just berries Berry <laughs> but um, if you leave these berries like on, like, on your table, you know, out from the fridge, You they say you have to leave it for 15 minutes to allow the fragrance to no. travel in the room and fill up... So it's like a Miyazaki spray, yeah. film. It is.
0: Holy shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, oh my so you have
2: to let the fragrance of the berries permeate the room before Jesus. you enjoy it. Wow. It's a whole process. It's a ritual.
0: Oh, my God. Whoever I, came up with that must be great in bed.
2: <laughs> so, so this is the reason... So, again, going back yeah. to why I need to have intention-setting for money this yes. year is because I need to treat myself well. To more two sexy more berries. sexy berries and also sexy grapes. And running your TikTok, just berries.
0: <laughs> oh, bury it all.
1: <laughs> Don't stop, Prisca, oh. you're on a roll. <laughs> oh, man. A berry a, blue valentine. <laughs>
2: A berry berry Christmas. You should have berry Manilow with like a berry delicious and berry berry christmas like laid
0: berry. <laughs> oh my god, that's what it is. laid <laughs> berry. I think
2: you uh you yeah, yeah, we're definitely on something yeah. for for berry Talk. Yes. <laughs> um anyway, so those are my picks for okay. the week. Okay. Well, before we leave y'all, um
0: we are going to have Roxy pull a card for the collective. We're going to get back to our woo woo roots. We're going to get a little ground dead. Miss Sun Queen Tarot at Sun Queen Tarot on Instagram if you would like to book a session with Mix- Miss Roxy tell her you listen to two horny goats and maybe she'll uh you know give you uh extra little uh, you know
2: no <laughs> I
0: need a little my extra, berries alone you no, know you I know <laughs> to- <laughs> you know what I'm saying sex like that <laughs>
2: Only if it's consensual. I was going to (laughs) say. I'm like, why are you clicking your tongue so much? (laughs) Stupid. Also, y'all, if you want us to sort of bring back the let's learn, uh, let's speak Taiwanese section as well. Let us know. Let us know. We'll be happy to. Call your mom. Call my mom. (laughs) All right. So let's take a grounding moment. Okay. Let's feel our bodies real quick. Take a deep inhale in. And exhale. Spirit, what do you have to say for all of us starting 2022? Any words of advice, wisdom, clarity? Amazing. So, the card that we have for this episode is Justice. And I think that really resonates with intention setting of what we talked about earlier today. Mm. Justice talks about speaking intentionally. Mm. Right. And also standing for justice for what you think is right mm. and also calibrating balance. So in one hand, you have the sword of truth. In the other hand, you have a balancing scale. Mm. Right. So it's like seeking out balance for yourself is mm-hmm. the most important thing mm-hmm. for us to sort of hone in on as we do our vision boarding for this year. Mm. If you've already done it, ask yourself, what am I asking too much of? Mm. Is this right for me? Am I in alignment with it? Ooh. Does it feel feel weird? Does it sit strange inside Mm. your body when Mm -hmm. you ask for something Mm. like if i say i want to win the best director award Mm -hmm. why Mm. if it doesn't sit if the answer doesn't sit well within you Mm -hmm. then that's something that needs to be adjusted and examined you got to be your own chiropractor you really do and i I think that's what the inward journey is all about Mm. it's like You are your own doctor. And I know a lot of people have come to me saying, like, well, how often should I come see you? How Mm -hmm. often should I come for my tarot readings? And I go, well, some of my clients, I provide them with enough tools that they don't need to see me as much, Mm -hmm. you know, like maybe once a year, like – I tell them about pendulum practices or like tarot practices mm-hmm. or like different spreads they could pull that's not overwhelming in the way that I do it. Mm-hmm. Right. And then you are the master of your own destiny. That's mm. something that I just heard just now. Mm-hmm. So you're the master of your own destiny. Mm-hmm. So you're the only one that could recalibrate balance into your life. Mm. There's nobody else that could give you that validation. No one else that could give you that amount of whatever it is that you think that you need. Mm. Yeah. Yes. So again, sitting with justice, sitting firmly on your throne. Also, color red is coming in quite brightly. I think it's also because we're nearing the Lunar New Year. But also, uh, this tarot card has a lot of red in it. And Mm. for me, that represents fire and taking action and embracing more of your masculine energy. Mm. So... This is not the time to be passive. Mm, speak up. Get aye, out there. Get aye, what you want. Okay? Yes. Get the bag. Get the bag. <laughs> uh, well, on that
0: note, the color red, you know, have a horny week.
2: Our lovely goatees. And
0: remember, stay, stay
1: horny. Ba 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 ba. Lord knows that. tried.
0: hosted by roxy and prisca music by abraham kim incidental music provided by dan aka dan artwork by connie yen please visit us at two have thoughts or questions for us email us at hello at two okay, okay
1: bye, bye. <laughs>